This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name is Jamie Devitt and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. My name is Maddie Robson. My name is Chris Billet. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello, my name is Derek Combs. My name's Toby Show Silva. My name's Greg Abbott, and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. Enjoy. You hear me? Yep. Yeah. Can everyone hear everyone else? Yeah. 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 Can everyone see the newest addition to the uh, the football oh. shirt gang in the corner over there? Corinthians is up. It's uh, it's a nice oh Corinthians is that one yeah Max thanks for pointing that one out that one is my favourite find <laughs> of all time for the listeners that have uh, only started listening to the Army podcast I do charity ratch for football shirts I don't yeah. go deep diving I'm not like a professional shirt swapper or anything like that but if I see something nice in a charity shop I'll put some couple of quid onto it and I'll go home and I'll have a research and I'll have a look for it that Corinthians shirt mate is a beauty all the way from Brazil Authentica Brasilica uh, it's got number 8 on the back uh, and I've still got to do the research to find out exactly who was number 8 the year that this shirt was getting worn but this one isn't for sale the one behind it the new one the Irish one probably will be uh, and if it is there'll be a link in the description uh, to my email account <laughs> but talking about international shirts international footballs lads um you know there isn't a lot to say in the preamble to be honest so i thought i'd just do a nice quick easy one uh, your favorite most iconic international football shirt liam you want to kick us off christ uh I, um i like the Difficult question. I've got the, you know, the red one with the with the nice collar. Was it? Is it ninety or ninety nine? That one. You say in England? Yeah, England. Of course, England. Right. So the big, <laughs> big, the big with the, with the with like the sort of like uh, because there was they, bl- they bought like an electric reversible. blue one out the same. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. With the collar, the the red one with the collar. I can't remember if it was ninety nine or ninety. It's one of the two. But uh, yeah, that that one's got that got sort of handed down to me. So that that's always been a bit of a a favorite. Yeah, I like England in red. I think they've had some good red kits over the yeah. years. Max? Won the World Cup in red. That's right. Um, for me, it's um, like the Brazil one when um, Ronaldinho and Ronaldo were playing. Um, the Nike, the Tens. I think it was like, Nike ones. Yeah, like 2000s. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when he had, was it when he had that stuffed haircut? 
Aye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but those adverts were iconic, weren't they? Because like obviously, yeah. you know, we, we know the magic of television now. We know they weren't all in the same room at the same time. These days they, they are actually nine times out of ten in the same room at the same time. But you know, they shot something in Paris with such and such a player and he passed the ball yeah. and it would be a jump cut and then Ronaldinho would be on the ball. But, you know, he wasn't <laughs> in the same place. Yeah. We knew they weren't in the same place at the same time. Probably shot months and months apart as well. But, you know, that was the worst time um, for England shirts for me because I wanted to be Nike. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone yeah. was Nike. Portugal was Nike. Brazil was Nike. There was yeah. loads and loads of teams that had that like iconic total 90s Nike kind of yeah. uh, signature look. Will, for yourself... Um... I mean, uh, my favourite World Cup kit is not a, it's not an England kit, oh. and uh, like um, I think you've both seen. Well, um, the two Liams have seen me wearing it before on a podcast chat. Is it the Croatia one? Yeah, ninety eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very proud of that. Retro <laughs> swoop across with a sort of a checkered swoop design with a little, a little a shadows nice on it as well. Yeah. It's quite iconic as well because Croatia did really well in that World Cup and could finish yeah. third and beat Germany on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's just a nice, easy, breezy one to kick things off. Um, I'm sorry I'm not wearing headphones today. I uh, just couldn't find them, unfortunately, but hopefully it won't affect things anywhere. Um, I'll kick things off properly, lads. I'll kick things off properly. Oh, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is, of course, episode 125, one and a quarter century. And I am absolutely buzzing to be joined by the free men that I love to call the Cumbrian Brain Trust, who we all know now have a hell of a stylish football shirt <laughs> repertoire to pick from in their memory banks. That's right, I'm talking about the Cumbrian Brain Trust. Max, Will and Liam, welcome back to the Blue Army podcast, lads. Thank you very much. You're back. Yeah. yeah, good to be It's fun. always a pleasure to have you. And uh, strap yourselves in, lads, because it's time for that part of the show where, well, it's traditions, isn't it? You know, sometimes it's good, sometimes <laughs> it's bad, but we keep it in because it's a tradition around here on the Blue Army podcast, and that can mean it's only time for one thing and one thing only. That's right, it's time for the Blue Army podcast. Joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's, it's the, it's the it's Blue Army podcast. I took a big gamble on this one, lads. Here we go. Oh, God. (laughs) Right. In Back to the Future, Marty McFly uses a DeLorean to go back in time, and he almost has sex with his mother. In Cumbria, you just got to use a normal car and go to Barrow. That's I was cool. waiting for the bit where we have to guess the punchline, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was almost a story joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just watched that, um, do you know that Turd Towns video that's covered Cumbria? No, what's uh, that? A YouTube channel called Turd Towns. Anyone oh, I've seen oh, Turd Towns before, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's it's made the news on um, all across Facebook and Cumbria crack and all that. But, um, That's it, fine. He's done, he's done Cumbria, and yeah, um, any guesses what number one is? It was, it was, 
No, it was Barrow, it was Barrow. Was it Barrow? It was well, Whitehaven, Whitehaven, and Wigton were both on that list as well. Yeah, Mary yeah, Potter. On as well. Was, and Mary Potter. So Whitehaven was ten. It was yeah, he was particularly scathing about Mary Potter. I watched that and thought <laughs> he you, was harsh on Mary he Potter. Like, yeah, yeah, I've seen he, it. He didn't even know that the aquarium sells fishing bait. <laughs> well, that's why the it was suspicious wild. aquarium that sells yeah. fishing bait at Mary Potter. <laughs> that would have knocked it down a nine if you'd known that fact. That's what I'm telling myself. Uh, donate, donate us some of those start. nice Caribbean rainbow fish. Yeah, we need more fish. I don't know what keeps happening to them. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor crabs love him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, dear me. That's a cracking joke and a cracking way to start off the podcast. But lads, we'll move on to some proper business where we all get to find out what's been happening here. What's been happening there in the league? One rounds up. With Wills and Liam, take it away, boys. <laughs> um, do you want me to start? Yeah, off you, the you news? start off. Um, so uh, the only thing that I've got today is that quite soon after they sacked their previous manager Scott Brown, I think we talked about that on the last um, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Fleet would have moved fast and appointed Lee Johnson as their new manager. Um, you know, quite a big name for them, you'd think. What was um, the last? Do you know the last club he was managing? Hibs. Hibs, yeah. Hibs, yeah. yeah. So he Hibs. got sacked by Hibs. Um, I think expectations were quite high. I don't think he was doing especially bad there. Um, I think it was he was sacked after a poor start to the season, but um, he'd done well in previous seasons. So, and then he's he's managed a lot of this level as well. He's managed Bristol City and Sunderland. Yeah, that's what I said last week about like the lack of experience that Scott Brown had on paper. You know, he was he was a top quality player in the Scottish Premier League. Fair enough. You know, there's a glass yeah. ceiling to the Scottish Premier League, but he did work with some pretty decent managers over, over his time in Scotland as well. So it's just that new manager in a position where you're expected to do quite well, or at least you know tick over, and he just never got off the ground, did he, Scott Brown? So I think they've overcome, not overcompensated. I think they've got the man in for the job that they probably should have got in for the job in the first place, potentially. Someone with a bit of experience and a bit more nous. Yeah, and um, um, ah, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're all right, you're all right. No, nah, it's, you, it, it's you talking on too much. Sorry. Kind of like, I think, <laughs> sorry. It's, it's an old like, technique. It's an old technique that I've had to learn. You know that, that when I'm interviewing footballers and I'm listening to answers, I have to write the question down in front of me, otherwise I forget yeah. it. Like, I can't just listen to them and remember my question at the same time. You can't do yeah. both genuinely. You know what I mean? You can't genuinely listen to somebody and think about the question. You're going to answer them next. <laughs> it's worth <laughs> noting with that appointment as well. Despite him sort of coming from a bigger club, you could argue that Fleetwood fans aren't particularly happy with it. Right. Yeah. Okay. From the like sort of Twitter reaction, it doesn't seem like they're overly confident in that appointment. You know, people when they were about to announce the signing were hoping were saying, "Oh God, I hope it isn't uh, Lee Johnson." But yeah, uh, for me, for me on paper it looks all right. But you know, Fleetwood fans obviously they know their club more, and they don't seem to think it's a very good fit. Yeah, it's, it's happened I mean, really quickly. Sorry, we'll go on. Oh yeah, I mean he's got a lot of um. Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to go places and get big jobs but kind of not do very well in either of them that's what I've 
That's yeah, what I've kind of noticed. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, I'm having a bit of a mess. It's kind of when Liam interrupted me, I suddenly forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> Just lost your train of thought. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is kind of, you know, you can you can pick holes in his record at this level, even though he's got a lot of experience here. Um, he's, he's been sacked from most of those jobs after two, three seasons. So it's often been a good start and then it fizzled out maybe after three seasons. Now, that shouldn't really bother Fleetwood if, you know, their concern really is this season, given how bad the start they've made and the issues that they have behind the scenes as well. What are the sort of ambitions of Fleetwood this season? Not to go down, I'd imagine. Yeah. They're still I at mean, one point. I feel like those ambitions... I feel like before, the, the, you know, the whole shit hit the fan with Andy Pilly, um you know, they probably did have ambitions to maybe even challenge for promotion. And when you look at their squad, it is a squad that's been, you know, that you'd think would do well at this level. And yeah. they just appointed the wrong manager. And then we don't know how much the stuff with Andy Pilly's affected things on the pitch. But, you know, they, they probably don't have those same expectations now because... I don't know how much money they actually had available to, you know, to go out and find a new manager. Pilly funded them well, and you know, plenty of that money was still in Fleetwood's account. I mean, I presume that he's not going to be putting any more money into them, but the money that they've already got must have been enough for them to still go out and make a, you know, who want to be a cheap appointment. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, my half of the things now is going to be um, difficult because usually at this point in the sort of segment, we'd have a pick, a pick of the best match elsewhere in League One. Yeah. <laughs> now, this time, because there were only two matches on in League One and one of them was Carlisle United, I've got the excellent pick of uh, Exeter 1 late and Orient 2, which... You know, for for those who don't know, it was because of international call-ups in the rest of them. The, the rule was if you had four international call-ups, you could call off your match, uh, which which left just the two games, and including the one I'm going to speak about now. Um, you know, a real upset. Um, and from what I've from what I understand as well, Exeter were in third, and um, Leighton Orient to work in in all regards, they've gone up to 16th now, but they're in a relegation battle. You would think. You know, it it was a real shock to the system in in League One. It started off well for Exeter. Um, they got the first goal, although many would argue against the run of play. If you look at the highlights, the first few chances were too late in Orient and Exeter. Although going one nil up could probably feel hard done by. You know, could could possibly feel like they were getting the getting lucky here because they could have very easily been one or two down in the first half. Yeah, I mean, uh, I follow a. Uh football forum and because there was only one other match going on in the league at the time I was kind of seeing the opinions of the of the Exeter and the Orient fans and it was very much kind of Orient frustration that we're battering them and then they've gone and got a goal and it was an absolute worldie as well if if, if you watch it it was um it was Mitchell who scored it Dimitri Mitchell in fact uh 26 year old uh he scored against us didn't he yeah well he could have um but yeah, an absolute screamer on the volley from outside the box. It was from wide, you know. It, it's a it's a very very good goal, and that seemed to be the uh, the trend in this game. You know, 
Piggott uh, scored for Leighton Orient in the second half. You know, he really didn't have a good game, all things considered. Um, if you look at some of his stats, he lost... Um, well, he won five out of 23 aerial duels, which, you know, yeah. really isn't great. It's a, it's a 22% record. What position does he play? Mob, he, he is their starting striker. Yeah. He's their number nine. Um, But yeah, despite getting the goal to make it 1-1, he only got a 6.7 on FOTMOB, which is where I'm getting all my stats from, which yeah. for a goal scorer, that's very, very low. And it's because without that goal, he probably would have got a lot lower. Um, but Leighton Orient kept on pressing. They were, you know, they were by far the better team. And then late on, from another outside of the box sort of screamer uh, to the keeper's left, you know that he's from Cyprus. I'm going to try and pronounce his name, but no promises to get on, it right. Lad. It's uh, Go on, <laughs> Ruel Sotiriu. Um, oh, well played! Ten out of ten. There we go. And yeah, you know, man. despite getting the least touches out of any outfield player in that match, he won man of the match with a goal and an eight out of ten on foot mob. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a big result for Leighton Orient in their bid for um survival and a big hit for Exeter. Yeah, I mean like Sotiriu is that sort of big finisher kind of player that uh, scored a lot of goals last season for Orient and I think retaining him this season was seen as a bit of a coup for them. Yeah, because so... they did lose some key players like mm. Vigaru in the in the net tonight. He was a bit a big part of that, and you know he, he probably will be a big part of them staying up this season if it was to to happen. But I think unless there's anything else, I think that concludes the League One roundup. Beautiful then... boys, thank you very much. We all got to find out what's been happening here. What's been happening there in the league? One roundup with Liam and Wills. Thanks, boys. We're going to pass very smoothly over to uh, the one time I just couldn't think of a rhyme. It's Max's million dollar idea. All right, Max. It's a million pound idea, isn't it? Sorry. It's a working title. Still. It's a working theme song. Indeed. Million bar idea. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like for the, for, for the newer listeners out there, Max, though, like why don't you, why don't you tell them sort of yeah. like, um, you know, where these where these kind of things come from and how they can get in touch with Jeff with more ideas. Yeah, so um, basically the, the whole idea for this is um, to... Uh, reach out to the lads on Instagram or lasses um, on Cali United News. So go follow my uh, Instagram page and uh, drop us a message, um, a DM or a comment, either one. And um, yeah, we've had quite a lot of responses uh, over the past few weeks. And um, yeah, you'll I'll bring your idea up and see what the lads have to think about it. Um, but yeah, this week we're going to talk about youth recruitment and the academy structure at Carlo as an idea because obviously that's a bit more of a long-term one. We've talked about sort of short-term ones and uh, the one that keeps popping up to the toilet in the Warwick, which I'll go on to um, later. But um, <laughs> so that's um, the toilet in the Warwick pop up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so with Carlisle, geographically where it is, I think there's a real opportunity. Obviously, the catchment area of Cumbria is massive. Um, granted, the population isn't isn't that big, but because um, of how near we are to Scotland, I think there's a real opportunity to um, look into the sort of Scottish network of players and maybe look at teams like Celtic and Rangers, who they're releasing, 
because uh, no doubt there's some top players that get released from them too. And, um, you know, players like that who maybe want to get into the English Football League. Yeah. Um, wasn't, uh, I think Robbie... that's the... So, go on. I thought you were going to say, wasn't Roy Lloyd a player that was released by Rangers? Uh, yeah, possibly. Um, I'm not too sure, to be oh. fair. Um, but, but yeah, that's that's the idea. Obviously, um, it's obviously a long-term one and would be quite expensive. And obviously, you run the risk, like we have in the past, of when we do get a decent player, they're sort of scouted and picked out by bigger clubs straight away. So you'd obviously have to work on retention. Uh, but I think a club like Carlisle, the size it is, could benefit massively from um, some more sort of youth products. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 all down to the development in a, in a way. I feel um, it's we've proven that we can develop talent. You know, we've had like plenty of players that have come through the youth system that have been poached uh, very early on in their careers, even before making first team yeah. appearances, being poached by Premier League academies. You know, it it was it was the habit. If anything, it was happening like twice a year um, yeah. up until quite recently. And obviously, when we have got a talent we can develop them to a pretty good standard. You know, Mark Birch and the youth team set up, they've been there for a while now. It's not like they keep changing uh, the youth team dynamic when it comes to the coaching and the development of those players. So it is the catchment, I think. You know what I mean? If you if you cast the net a bit wider, you might find more of those more sort of talents and we've proven that we can develop them. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, do do you stop in Scotland? Do you, do you set up a camp? You know, I remember like all football yeah. managers or FIFA's <laughs> where you could set up training yeah. on scouting facilities like and academies. Spain. Yeah, in Spain. <laughs> get, get a 65 product coming through at 16, yeah. you know, 65 overall, first yeah, team straight away. <laughs> a big one that's trying to tap into now, though, and I think they did sign a player from there fairly recently is the Isle of Man mm. because there, there just isn't a you know with all due respect to FC Douglas there isn't really a a big Isle of Man team that, that you know would be difficult for us to compete with like you yeah. know there was a young lad that they signed recently and I think it is starting to become a thing that Carl looking at more is that sort of untapped network of Isle of Man talents. Like, I there's not many people yeah. that live over there, but there is a decent enough population that just seems to be going yeah. unnoticed. It's, it can't be a bad thing, in my in my opinion. You know, like, and 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 I think it was mentioned on a podcast. I don't know if it was the last one or the one before, but the League of Ireland as well. Um, yeah, I think a lot of Championship clubs are, are often going over there to sort of because you do get sort of hidden gems over there uh, that maybe don't get noticed because because of, of how big the league is. Um, yeah, Huddersfield well, have got a big yeah. sort of thing over in the yeah. League of Ireland, I think. And obviously, it'd be tricky to compete with the likes of Huddersfield, but, um, you know, Scott, I think, you know, if you're a player, you'd rather go to Carlisle than say a League One or League One or League Two in Scotland, um, maybe even the Championship. Yeah. Because you could see it as a sort of stepping stone to maybe moving on to the English Championship or because I think the English Football League sort of the holy grail as a player um, in terms of a stepping stone. Yeah, I think players are more likely to get noticed at lower league English level yeah. than they are at the Scottish league level, even if you take the, the the debate over which is better out of it. You know, you're just closer to where those big teams are. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, obviously, there's a lot of financial restraint on Carlisle, um, sort of branching out, but I think it'd be a good investment, personally. Um, so, if anyone's got any more views on that, 
I'll just move on to um, a comment that I received literally about an hour ago, which um, gives a different point of view on the old um, Warwick toilets. All um, right. <laughs> I love so the Warwick to... toilets. Yeah. The smell is fantastic. It's like it's roses. Just be back and forward all season. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke Williams, um, he is a massive fan of the toilets and he'd be fuming. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, what are you on about, man? <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, at, home, maybe I mean, at home, he just pisses on his wall. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, it's a, it's a mark of pride among a lot of a lot of water grow people that the toilets are so horrendous. Agricultural. <laughs> it's like a trough. <laughs> It's like stepping back in time, which um, has got a certain charm to it. But um, I mean, using the word charm is probably not correct, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, we've spoken about the, the toilets in the Warwick before. They definitely need some kind of improvement. This this It won't take long to redo some toilets, even if it means renting some portaloos for a couple of years or something while you're building stuff around them or whatever. Like, it won't take long to redevelop the, the, the toilets in the Warwick. So. Um, yeah. It's just the expense, well, I suppose. Two sides of the argument now. So no, yeah, that's true. That's true, <laughs> and I can see, you know, like Will said as well. Like you know, like there are people out there that have like that certain pride of like getting piss on the shoes, but um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't. I don't understand. It does need an upgrade, mate. It does need an upgrade. Have you got? Have you got? Uh, have you got one more this week? One more. I'll leave it. I'll leave it for this week. I'll leave it for this week. I'll put another. Um... I'll put another thing out um, midweek. I think this maybe in a couple of days, and we'll see. We'll see what um, what comes in from it because all the rest of it is things we've covered before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a few of them, but no. Thanks very much for the people sending in um, their ideas, and thanks very much for Max. Or the one time I couldn't think of a rhyme. It's Maxon's million pound idea. Yeah, I'll move on to the news. (laughs) (laughs) We'll move on to the news, and uh, I mean, it'll be impossible not to cover uh, the the takeover rumors that have been flying around this week. Uh, We'll try and do some kind of time timeline of the news that has sort of been released now obviously we all know that we've been in talks with the pataic family or the pataic family or yeah those guys we've been in talks (laughs) with the yanks from florida uh for a couple of for a couple of weeks now if not months it was only released in the newspaper a couple of weeks ago though and uh, then all of a sudden in very recent times there's been a turkish consortium with northeastern roots that have apparently launched a takeover bid which has then sparked the release of a new statement saying that carlisle united's board have signed an exclusivity contract with the Pataic family. And that basically means, gentlemen, that until those talks break down in either a positive conclusion where they buy the club or a negative conclusion or and, and, and they walk away, until those talks break down, the Turkish consortium won't be able to negotiate anything with the Carlisle United board. Now, this is done to basically stop the new bidders coming in 
from being able to go, oh, we'll offer this much more. And then the Pataic family have to go, well, we'll offer this much more. And then the Turkish consortium come back and go, well, we'll, we'll yeah. just keep out paying them. It's it's a move that would have been initiated by the Florida-based businessman Tom Pataic himself and his family in able to at least install some kind of negotiation period for himself where the price was, you'd assume already agreed and they're kind of just hashing out the details at this point so that's the situation as i understand things um has anyone got anything that they can shed some light on has anyone got anything else to contribute Um, to this one i was talking to a former player who um i won't mention who is just like i don't know if he would want me to but uh he was talking to me about the um turkish um takeover and um, he he's under the impression that um, it would be much more beneficial and it's a much better deal for the club should that happen. Um, you know, with the sort of fan involvement being a lot more and like I mentioned earlier, the the youth uh, recruitment and development being a massive part of it. Um, but it would cause most of the board members that are in now to vacate their positions. And he thinks that's... Well, he, he said that that might be a reason why... Um, they've chosen to go for the the American one. Um, so if that's true, uh, it's a little bit disappointing. Obviously, I can't verify that. Um, but I've seen the rumours you're talking of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I haven't looked. Like I don't know exactly what the American one involves. Um, but he seemed to think that um, the Turkish one was a lot a lot better, basically for the club and for the fans. Okay, okay. Uh, Liam, uh, did you think this is just, uh, you know, you were all right with the Pataics, weren't you? You were all right with the, the Florida-based business company at first. You did your research. You were quite comfortable and positive about them taking over. Um, how do you feel about this sort of Turkish interference? Is it a positive or a negative thing? Well, you know, contrary to them sort of rumours Max has just revealed, I kind of put my tinfoil hat on and kind of had the conspiracy theory that... Um, they were sort of a thing that had been pushed by the club to show, oh, look, we've got more interest, Mr. <laughs> Piotrek. Uh, please give us your money now. Um, but but look, to be honest, I think whoever it ends up being, I've seen a sort of a thing of maybe they'd want to take over the um, supporters' club shares in the club, which is something I'd be quite against. So, you know, I, I, was... although I, I did start off, yeah. I did start off fairly positive with the... Uh, the takeover because obviously they come in they've got they've got money but yeah you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't ever give up the supporters voice in the club takeovers and I think it's it, people need to be instead of just looking and thinking because people are getting excited yeah they look at a takeover like this and they think oh my god we're going to be the next Wrexham or something like that but people need to be people do need to scrutinize these two bids you know the the pair of them um like Max said maybe one might be better than the other. Uh, I I don't know, but I think it's it's very important that fans don't just get far too overexcited and just jump on board. Like I know this is I know this is very different to what I first said when these rumors came yeah. out, but uh, but I I think it is important that we do scrutinize both bids and what it would mean for the clubs. I mean, we've been in similar situations in the past. Uh, potential bids and investments that have you know, then just kind of like soured and fallen away. So, yeah, I think it's kind of like important to not get overexcited for that reason. 
um, just because, I mean, we've been in exclusivity periods before. Yeah. And, you know, that's come about for a lot of the same reason in the last time as well, uh, because potential, you know, rumours of other bids or actual other bids, I don't know which, started to rise up and then kind of we went into this exclusivity period and then eventually just nothing came of it. So, I mean, it's entirely possible that this could, you know, this could happen again where a certain amount of time passes, the Turkish bid just dissipates because they're not allowed to negotiate. So, you know, that money goes elsewhere. Um, yeah, I don't think there's too much in the Turkish yeah, bid, to be honest. And, and then things kind of just kind of sour between the board and the PR tax and, and, and the interest comes to an end. Yeah, we could end up with yeah. exactly where we left off. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Um, in other news, though, gentlemen, and slightly more positive, Kai Newton made his Annan debut and claimed the Man of the Match award after a fantastic performance for Annan. We spoke about that being a positive thing for his development, being able to start at a slightly higher level, and it seems to be that he's going to... Well, he's hit the ground running, basically. He's hit the ground running. Um, in former... Blues news. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, Ex-goalkeeper Mick Kelly, um, the promotion-winning number two from last season, has signed with MK Dons this week. And Brad Young, who's kind of disappeared off the radar, you might remember him as a former loanee very recently with Carlisle United. Uh, I believe he scored a few goals as well for the Cumbrians. He made his debut for Welsh outfit TNS and uh, scored on his debut. So uh, it's interesting to see, you know, when the transfer window closes, where a lot of these players can kind of end up. So I'll be looking forward to seeing a bit more news next week. Obviously, there's still lots of players out there that are still waiting for contract offers and clubs. So, yeah, interesting developments. Um, Lads, the last bit of news that I've got for you is the... El Cumbricio, the Cumbrian Derby, will be <laughs> held at Guildford Park on the 26th of September. That's in two weeks on a Tuesday night. Um, it's at half seven kickoff. I believe it's going to be £5 entry for adults and £3 for any concessions. Um, and also, lads, Carlisle City are playing at home this weekend. And, you know, we all know Carlisle United aren't playing at home this weekend. So if you're not going to make the trip down to Lincoln, get yourselves down to Guildford Park and watch Carlisle City play against Shildentown. Uh, Carlisle City will be fielding former Carlisle United uh, favourites, let's say that, like Scott Simons, Dan <laughs> Danny Kirkup, um, <laughs> Kieran Olsen. There's a whole host of, yeah. of ex-Carlisle United associated players down there at Carlisle City. And Carlisle City have got over 40 goals so far this season. They won their last game 3-0 away at Newcastle Benfield. And they are looking to shoot down some promotion this season. So uh, I can almost promise some goals. Uh, so it'll be worth a watch. Worth a watch. And the burgers are pretty decent as well. Uh, that's the last little bit of news uh, that we've got for you. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To the first game of the show with the Blue Army podcast. It's the part of the show uh, where you've got to guess higher or lower. That's right, gentlemen. It's time for FIFA. Higher or lower. Um, so last week, we were, were basically, you know, it was over in a flash. Okay, it was over in four guesses. All three of you went gutter balling out after three, after just three uh, guesses between you. This week, though, we're going to stick with FIFA 15, and we've got five players left. Okay, so it doesn't matter what happens in this episode, gentlemen. We're going to get to the end of this. All right, we're going to get to the end of this. Um, we're going to move on to a different game next week. So there'll be different stats, different players next week to look forward to. Um, but yeah, we're going to kick things off where we left things last week. Um, I think, was it was it Liam? Did you win last week? Did you stay on the longest? No, no. I I, I got my first one right, but then I ah. lost it to, uh, was it Marks? I think Marks is. I think, I think I did win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, Wills would have had like a, a hat trick of concession of victories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Max, you, winner stays on, so you'll get to go uh, first. And just for fun, Liam, you can go second, and Will, you can go last. Yeah. Um, because I think if Liam went first last week, it doesn't matter. Uh, last week, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Max, you're going first. Okay, kick things off where we left things last week. So Troy Archibald Henville was rated. Yeah. At 62, so higher or lower than Troy Archibald Henville, do you think? David Simington. Oh, I think I'm pretty sure um, he never got really, never really got a good rating in FIFA. Um, I don't think he got into the 60s at any point, uh, so I'll go lower. Going lower, and you'd be correct, sir. You'd be correct, sir. And yeah, so it's Liam next, <laughs> higher or lower than David Simmonton, Kyle Dempsey. Oh, now look, Kyle Dempsey was obviously <laughs> a better player, but I think how old will he have been in 2015? Like, I suppose 2014, it'll have been in time, and he was uh, he'll have only been quite young then, won't he? So I still think he'll have been slightly higher, though. So I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say higher than David Simmington. And you'd be wrong, I'm afraid, oh. Liam. So it's because he was still a youngster. Name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah still, all these ones are youngsters. The all the last really ones. Fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the last ones are youngsters. Like, yeah. Yeah. Save these ones until the end, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, here we go. Uh, Wills, <laughs> higher or lower than Kyle Dempsey? Brad Potts. I think Brad. I think Brad Potts has a season on Carl Dempsey. So I think he'd already been playing a bit more at that point. So I'm going to say higher. And you'd be correct to say higher. Well done. 
Yay. Max, we'll move <laughs> on to you. There's two left for you, gentlemen. There's two left for you. Higher or lower than Brad Potts? Mark Beck. Oh. <laughs> the lower league, Peter Crouch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Beck. I used to like him, actually. Oh, but, yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah um, well, I think Brad Potts was more of a regular starter for us. And I think that would have had some effect on the ratings. So I'll go lower. They say Mark Beck is lower than Brad Potts. You'd be wrong, I'm afraid. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, it all hangs on you. <laughs> yeah. To get the full house. Okay, so we're going from Mark Beck to Patrick Bruff. Ooh. So I I think just just going off what I think their ages are. I think Patrick Bruff might have been a season behind Mark Beck. So, based on that and nothing else, I'm going to say lower. Going to say lower than Mark Beck on FIFA 15. And you'd be correct. Well yes. done, sir. You've done it. <laughs> well done, lads. You've managed to get there. Was it four episodes in the end? Well done. You've, you've managed to get through FIFA 15. Uh, we'll see if we can beat that four episodes in the next game. But who knows? It might be like more against you. There might be a bigger squad. You know, we don't know what kind of playing factors there's going to be. Do we know which one you're going to pick? I don't know yet. No, I'll keep it fresh. I'm not letting you research anything. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Very clever. But who knows? Who knows? You know, it might be quite recent to try and catch you off guard. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, lads, thanks very much for playing FIFA higher or lower. We'll be back next week with a brand new era of FIFA. Lads, when we're going to move on to the match report, which uh, was for Carlisle United's fixture that happened this past weekend against Stevenage, where Carlisle United managed to draw to. All and as I always do, I'll give you the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game, which featured Anderson and Nets with a back five of Finn Back, Sam Lavelle, Paul Huntington, John Mellish, and Jack Armour, a midfield three of Jordan Gibson, Callum Guy, and Owen Moxon with a strike force of Maguire and Coyote. That's right. Uh Coyote straight in to the squads. And uh yeah, I mean, Will, how do you feel he did you know is there going to be a bit of ring rust on him did we expect it to 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 have a have a part to play in this game um well i mean he didn't have a particularly huge performance uh but you know he could you, you know you could see the way he was linking up with maguire was something different and i certainly think he's got a bit of fitness to regain as well so there's more to come from him um, you know, wasn't a bad performance. Um, you know, fairly average but promising. Um, and during the game, quite typically from Stevenage, they opened the scoring with a set piece goal. It was a long free kick from close to the halfway line. Uh, Stevenage won it in the air, and the number 19 slipped through the back door and managed to tap it in. Now, Max, there's there's a number of factors in this. Carlisle not winning the first ball, Carlisle being nowhere near the second ball, potentially the goalkeeper's uh, position as well um 
do you think in situations like this, you just have to be a little bit more prepared for Stevenage in situations? Or do you have to sort of concede the fact that they are a very good set-piece team? Um, yeah, I think Simo mentioned that they'd worked on set-pieces in particular on the run-up to the game. Because um, they obviously knew what was what was coming at them uh, against Stevenage. But uh, with the goal, um, yeah, it comes down to the defenders. You've got to win that first header, basically. And if not, then at least the, get, it, get it when it drops down. Uh, for me, the keeper can't be blamed for that because uh, basically the defenders didn't do the job, um, which happens. But it's it's a bit disappointing when you know that they've obviously worked on it and they've prepared for it. Like, it wasn't a surprise that they were going to be, um, Stevenage were going to be using set pieces as sort of their main um, the main sort of attack. Uh, I know Liam's obviously um, very critical of um, Steve Evans' ball, and I think we saw exactly that. And they knew they would have known it was coming. So, classic Steve Evans' ball. Uh, Liam, <laughs> anything to add? Just that it was definitely offside. Where <laughs> 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 was though, wasn't it? You look back at the highlights. I couldn't. I couldn't tell on the highlights at all, and the quality of footage on the highlights wasn't that great. Oh no, it was awful. On the a lot, yeah, so like it's a lot of those close, kind of like little calls could. I mean, couldn't really make out because I can't remember which defender it was, but there was someone that looked like if anyone was going to be playing him on side. It would be him. And remember, the onside rules have changed. You can be quite a yeah. bit in front of the last defender as long as part of your body is still onside. The whole of you is onside. Uh... I, still th- I still think it was off. Still definitely. <laughs> <been off>. yeah. <laughs> it didn't take long for Carla United to reply, though, lads. And uh, it was a really um, good counter-attacking long ball <laughs> from Jack Armour over the top that found Sean Maguire, who already took off. It was a nice touch to get it away from the defender, but Carla United hearts were in mouths as the goalkeeper did get a touch to it, but not enough. And it finally happened uh, for Maguire. It's his goal. Um He's going to kick on even more, isn't he, uh, Wills? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I feel like I want to give that goal against Shrewsbury to him because mm. if he wasn't the one who got the last touch, he was the one who made the last touch happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but, I mean, and a different sort of goal on this occasion, one where he manages to break onto a through ball. Um, a you know, more of a hopeful ball from Jack Armour than anything else. Um, he's still just defending, and I'm sure he does spot the opportunity to play it forward to Maguire, but you can't be all that accurate from that sort of range. And with the time that he had, he just kind of like booted it up and hoped he could catch Maguire on side. And um, Maguire did very well, and it t- took a very good touch as well to get it past the goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah, that's what Maguire offers for me. Um, you know, when we do win it in those sort of situations, and all our players are forward, it is a good, you know, it is a good sort of tactic and idea to just have a quick look and just hoof it up to Maguire because you, you you would think that he's going to be their defenders for pace every time. And he's got a hell of a touch on him as well, hasn't he? That's another thing I yeah. think you know it's yeah. a lot with Maguire. He's just got that bit of class that maybe some of the other players don't have, where he can just take a ball down. In a difficult position, 
Yeah, I mean, he's got experience at a much higher level, so yeah, that's the sort of thing that experience brings. So I sort of touched that. I, I actually haven't seen it at Carlisle in ages. That sort of because you can sort of tell that he's sort of a bit. He's is that that sort of other level, even just with his touch and how he how he goes about, you know, dribbling even and um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing yeah, that but... we. Um, I remember Naki Wells had a very good touch, sort of similar to that. That was and that's yeah. going back quite a long time now. More recent example, Jerry Yates, you'd say. Yeah, you love Jerry Yates. Mm. I did love Jerry Yates, <laughs> <laughs> but he does remind me of him at times. You know. Yeah, good touch, good touch. Um, but uh, you know, Carlisle. When you look at the stats. Going into half time and going out of half time, um, 16 shots Stevenage had on goal, uh, to Carlo United four, uh, Carlo United with two shots on target, Stevenage with eight. Um, so yeah, Carlo United under the cosh for large parts of the game, but Anderson was being called into action on a number of occasions, and so can you forgive him? For the goal, um, we'll, we'll 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 talk about what happened in the build-up to the goal. Um, there's some decent play uh, from the winger uh, to get away from his man. He plays a long ball towards the Carlisle United box. Uh, the attacker has quite a lot of room. Callum Guy goes to close him down. Carlisle United are slow to double up, and I think the ball actually goes between the legs um, of Anderson, who's on his front post. It's a narrow angle. Um, on his on his front post as well. Um, yeah, up until that point, and he continued to. He was having a good game, was Anderson, but uh, Max potentially um, was was he at fault for this one, or was it you know Callum Guy not closing people down fast enough? How do you feel um, this kind of goal breaks down? Well, I think and first and foremost, you've got to blame the sort of players because um, it's a bit because obviously goalkeeper is the hardest position on the pitch, in my opinion. Um, and the, you know everyone knows what happened to um to the keeper in against Portville when he made his debut. And I think when you think about that and sort of confidence, um, issues that would have come out of that, I think he's done well. And um, to be honest, I think he was honestly man of the match. To be fair, from what I've seen um in the game, uh, second half he made some unreal saves. Yeah. So um, even if he was to blame for that goal, you know um. I think he's he's made up for it basically because uh, yeah. he's basically earned us that point in my opinion. Yeah. There's one. There was a moment like just after the goal as well where uh, the attacker broke through and like it looked like you know if he went down under the pressure that Mellish was putting him under, um, if if the attacker decided to go down rather than still go through on goal, you know there might be potential for Mellish to get in trouble um, under those circumstances. But he broke through and it was a fantastic. Anderson just stuck his leg out and yeah, really, really, yeah. really good sort of like save. Um, and I don't think we've really seen him come off his line and have to really do that sort of like one-on-one save necessarily yeah. too often. Um, I, I, don't, so... I don't think um, Holy's saving that as well, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think he gets down fast enough. Um, maybe he does, I don't know, but I just don't. I think that's what Holy's game lacks in a way, so that sort of speed. Uh, but that, that comes with the hype. And that that second goal from them, it, it was a good finish from the, from the lad, so... 
But Carlo United's second goal was a fantastically worked set-piece move, giving Stevenage a taste of their own medicine. That's right, a fantastic ball uh, put in by Owen Moxon that was met by a wide-open Joe Garner, who seems to just sort of appear from nowhere under no challenges. He was way into the stands before half the Carlisle players realised the ball was in the back of the net. He was that sharp. I mean, do you think now he's, he's on a run of form? He's got two goals in two games. Liam, is it time for Garner to start a game? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not. Um, look, I, I like I like Joe Garner. Um, I I don't really think he should have been playing games, but you know the good run of form he's on. I just think he's an excellent super sub to bring off the bench. You know, he, he he's main purpose really is to help see out games by going in and just sort of fouling people and getting fouled. <laughs> that that's his that's his role in the team now. Um, but as well, I don't think he's got the legs to do a 90 minute game. So I think it is still probably best to keep bringing him on from the bench instead of starting him from the off, especially because who, who would you really drop? Cause you, I don't think you can really drop Maguire, which is the sort of position I think he would take. Yeah. You can't drop Maguire. No, I don't think. No. So yeah, just off the bench for me. I don't know. Maybe you change. Maybe you go back to the back four that we started the season with, and you, mm. and you do a front three. No, no, nah. <laughs> we're, we're starting to get results now. Let's not. Let's not yeah, change. you're right. Yeah, I mean, we've right. scored four goals. Having you know, yeah, having two of them. Two of them are Joe Garner's goals. <laughs> two of them are Joe Garner's goals in this system. Yeah, yeah he can two, play in yeah, the system. <laughs> well, don't try and change the system. Like, well, no, he can play in the system then. But like you know, then he's got. A, I'd I'd say it, you know, no offense to Keone, sub, but I think you've got to put Garner in the squad. You so know, you, would uh, you have Garner and Maguire up front? Yeah, Starting. I don't think that works. Well, you just seen Maguire beat the back line against. They're uh, too small. Yeah, but what would Joe Garner add game? to that? Huh? Yeah, what's, what's what would Joe Garner add to that sort of play? Goals. Goals. Goals, goals, goals. goals exactly. Goals. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's, it's based on Maguire beating the back line. Where's Joe, Gar- where's Joe Garner? He's about 30 yards away. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> very good point. <laughs> but, well, you know, I, I still think it's important it, yeah. that he, he doesn't have the fitness to do 90 minutes. No, but he yeah, could do I 60, mean, 70. Or half an saw, hour. I mean, I think that's a myth as well. I think a professional footballer, you know how to do 90 minutes. Well, you know how to do 90 minutes, but the younger, fitter players are going to do it better than you can and, you know, better than you're ever going to be able to do. So, you, you know, you're always going to yeah. be at a disadvantage compared to much fitter players. And you get exceptions. I think, like, Clint Hill was a massive exception to that. Um, I don't think Joe Garner's an exception to it. I think we saw against uh, Stevenage, J- J- Joe Garner doing the sort of thing that Joe Garner can do at this point in his career, which is come on fairly late when he's still got fresh legs, because for him to do what he needs to do, he needs fresh legs. If you put him on at the start, then he'll have to come off before the end, but the end's when his, you know, his way of playing, which is just like a, a wrecking ball works best, you know, if you put him on at the start, he's just going to get booked too early in games and then have to tone things down as well. I mean, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from, but like, you know, I feel like <laughs> if, if you're scoring goals, you deserve more yeah. minutes. You just you I mean, play you play the ratio. 
Um, definitely give him minutes, oh, just in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I see. I do see what you're saying. I, do I, I don't think it's, you know, and I, I don't think Joe Garner particularly expects a lot of minutes either. I don't think he's going to be unsettled by not starting games because he knows, you know, he, he knows himself what end of his career is at, and if he can come on late on games, score some crucial goals, kick some people, he's going to be a happy Joe Garner. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know, to all, who, who else is happy? Who else is happy? Liam, what do you think of a draw and Stevenage? Good result? Yeah, well, they're top of the league now, aren't you? And you can't really complain with a point away to top of the league, especially when it's all the way down in Stevenage. And the way we were playing as well, I think Stevenage might be disappointed with a point. And to see Steve Evans thrown a little bit of a hissy fit in his interview after the match saying how they should have won, Perfect. Yeah. yeah, nothing better. Than <laughs> nothing better than that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good can't, point. For I me. can't wait to see one live. <laughs> <laughs> Max, do you think a point's a good result? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was buzzing when um, I got the notification free. I wasn't watching the game, but um, yeah, I think they're the points that we've got to sort of be looking for away from home because um, they'll probably be quite crucial coming into the season. So I am happy with the point. Yeah, sounds fair. Sounds fair. Will, anything to add? No, I'm happy with the point too. Um, like like everyone else has said, the top of the table now. Uh, it's Steve Evans' ball's going to be difficult to play against, and I feared the worst when we went one nil down because I didn't think we were capable of coming back into games, but we came back into it twice, which in a way feels even better than having, you know, if we'd ground out a nil-nil draw. I feel like we've, you know, we've got a couple of goals. We've, we've kept that. There's been some decent individual performances, even though you'd have to say Stevenage were by far the better team on the day. And there were maybe mistakes here and there. It wasn't a terrible performance from us. No, it was a good, it was a good team performance, yeah. I would say, which makes it hard. Uh, to give uh, Fox's feature Man of the Match. But we're going to try. Uh, Liam, do you want to kick things off with your Man of the Match? Uh, it's got to be Anderson, hasn't it? You know, he, without him, we'd have probably lost 3-0 by half-time. So, yeah, it's got to be him. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. Will? Yeah, uh, Anderson. Um, I think it was either going to be him or Maguire. And yeah, same. Just sort of with the saves, Anderson probably had more of an impact on the result than Maguire did. Okay, Max? Uh, yeah, Anderson again, but I won't say him because obviously <laughs> they <laughs> said twice. <laughs> so I'll say Maguire for getting his first goal. I think that's massive for us. Uh, yeah. Maybe as massive as the point itself, to be fair, because he, he kicks on for me now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's 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 shades to say for Maguire, this, but he just didn't play enough minutes for me to get man of the match. So that's why I've gone with Anderson just over Maguire. I'd say so. I'm going to make it three for Anderson and one for Maguire. We'll look ahead to next week's opponents, who are starting to do quite well for themselves this season. They've had a couple of surprising results. Probably the biggest so far is beating. Blackpool by three goals to nil. That's right. This weekend's opponents are Lincoln City. Um, I might have mentioned it earlier as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, the predictions for next week's results. Max, do you want to kick things off? How do you think we're going to get on? Um, 
one all one all draw, I think, with Maguire scoring. Uh, I think we'll be winning. I'll say we'll be winning throughout the, most of the game. Maguire will score in like the 20th minute-ish and then we'll concede right at the end and we'll be annoyed about it. But <laughs> a point will be all right. <laughs> Sounds fair, Will. Um, I'm I'm going to go 1-0 to Lincoln City. It's the first time I've predicted a defeat. Um, they've had a really good start to the season. Um, they're unbeaten since the opening day. Um, three wins and two draws, um, which is why they're not higher up. Um, also, they've only played six games, where some of the teams above them have played seven. So I would say I would say they've got ten goals as well. So they are one of the early season pace setters. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you say? Would you say um, the fact that we've I had that? Sorry, it. just be, just before. Um, you want? You know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, did you say the fact that we have that extra sort of game in hand, and we're only one of like four teams in the league that has it? Do you think that's going to help us at all? Um, I mean. Yeah, it will because because it was a good result for us. It's kind of I feel like it's provided us with some momentum. Okay. Um. Yeah. Did it, so you're saying one nil to Lincoln. Um. Naughty stuff from Wales. Uh. Liam. For the very first time, I think I'm going to be the most positive out of. Uh, so and I, and I think we're going to win two nil. Uh, oh. Sean hey. McGuire and Josh Coyote are going to score. I just I just feel positive I hope about so. Lincoln. That would be so yeah. good. Yeah, that's what's that, going to happen. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. I mean, yeah, I'm just going to say one nil, Carlisle, like a smash and grab. Yeah. Um, I think we'll we'll be able to hold pretty solid. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to smash and grab it, and it's going to be a good three points on the way back up to Carlisle United this weekend, lads. It's time to nearly end the show. Nearly, nearly end the show, which means that it's time to play everybody's favourite game. <laughs> Guess Guess in the player. Player. Still got here. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I think like Come on. I think you can actually turn oh, that thing off. I think you can turn that feature off and make it not turn it out. Yeah. It's part of it. Just watching him dancing to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was good times though. It was good times. But no, I get to sit back and relax once more um, because it's time for Liam for the first time ever to become the clue guide, and it is L- Will's versus Max in the league table. Will, it's your first yeah. home game of the season, I believe. <laughs> um, so you'll be going first. And so last week, yeah. there was a bit of a wipeout, unfortunately. Um, things didn't exactly go to plan for anybody. Yeah. So how do you feel like you're going to make the recovery this week? Well, I've got the home crowd behind me this week. So I think, <laughs> getting drowned I think they'll, cheer me, I think they'll <laughs> cheer me over the line. <laughs> That's good. Good words, yeah. sir. Good words, <laughs> sir. But Max, obviously, you know, uh, you, you're high-flying, mates. Uh, because of that nil-nil that happened last week, you remained on top of the Guess in the Player League with three points to Denwood's two. But, mates, how do you feel going into this game? Uh, you know, with a big opportunity to extend your lead at an early stage of the season. Yeah, I think Wills is the um, 
the favourite for the title. So, <laughs> That's um, right. He's got the history, yeah. hasn't he? He's won it before. Well, yeah, the defending <laughs> champion. So this, That's, yeah. happens. Everyone's gunning for you. It does make it harder to retain. Yeah, the <laughs> this is this is a bit of a sort of um, Luton Town against Monster era. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see well like you are going second you're playing away and uh will yeah. you're going first liam i'm gonna hand over to you because it's time to play guessing the player right well um first clue i'm do you know what? i'm actually finding it really difficult just not to say the guy's name yeah like, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite difficult but uh first clue of a unique one is that he started his club's game on Saturday against Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, it's Alexander McQueen. It's not. Oh, <laughs> it's well, very it's quick. Like, I know he played for Dagenham and Redbridge, so that just put his name in my head. And I... <laughs> <laughs> wait, did he? Did he say he played for Dagenham and Redbridge? No, he played against. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um. um... Dagenham and Redbridge, are they... I think they're in the National League. Um, I don't know who Dagenham and Redbridge played, to be fair. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, God. I'm trying to think of people. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest bit when you can't... When you don't know the answer, but you've got to say something anyway, and you yeah. forget all players. Um, <laughs> and you've got to say something that doesn't make yourself sound stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know it's got to be wrong, I just don't want it to be embarrassingly wrong. Yeah. We've all got yeah. a person that you just say when you've got that moment. Uh, Reggie Chris Chandler for me. Yeah, you're Chris Chandler. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Archibald Henville. No. Oh, because I mean that could have been a shout. Because although he must be like about forty now, <laughs> he's, he's definitely not playing anymore. <laughs> Bless, but it, it's not him. It's not him. No. So, on to year two pointer now, and that is that he joined Carlisle from Oldham in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Um, is it Dean Bazanis? It's not. Oh, um, <laughs> straight shooting this week, Will. <laughs> he's yeah, not hesitating, is he? No, he's, he's got places man. to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with um, trying to think who's like dropped down. Um, yeah, I think Dean Bazanis has actually gone up to the championship somehow. Yeah. Um, no offense, Dean, if you're listening, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Just didn't expect it of you. <laughs> Is it David Atkinson, the mm. defender? It's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which leads us on to our last clue for the one point. Should be able to get these boys going. Oh, uh, <laughs> and words. that's that he he left Carlisle in July of 2020 to join Barrow on a free transfer. Was in... 
Twenty. How long ago was twenty? Ah, um, ah, Jamie Devitt. Good guess, but it's not Jamie Devitt. I can't. I mean, I feel like everyone's looking at me like this is obvious. I think that that was the season. That I think that was twenty twenty one. Yeah, Jamie. But yeah, Max. I know who it is. I know who it is. I think, I'm, I think I might know who it is. I know uh, who it is, I think. I'm not sure if he's too old to be playing now, but a player who did I know did go to Barrow, I was a big fan of when um, in the Nicky Adams days. He was, I thought he was one of our best players. I'm going to go with Mike Jones. It is Mike Jones. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah, one of my favourites. He's got the points. He extends his lead to four points now. Oh, Will's four points. He's away with it now. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, you know, he has to sit out a couple of games eventually as well. You know, we all get the chances to come around the house. We houses. all got games in hand. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I got plenty of games in hand now. I'm going to be coming in now. <laughs> <laughs> big words. Big words. What did I say it was next week? Um, do you um, remember? I think it's is it me versus you, Liam? I think, I think so. I'm, yeah. I'm the quiz monster, I think. Yeah. Right. For those who are wondering as well, by the way, he he plays for Chesterfield now. That's who he started uh, against for Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, Uh, How old is he now, Mike Jones? He was old when he played for us, I think. Yeah, he's getting on a bit now. It's weird that he's still starting because he started in that that playoff final last year. He is uh, 36 now. Well, we'll see how they all get on. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I don't think there's really anything else left for us to say, apart from bye for now. Bye for now. now. In a bit. In a bit. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hold up. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.